Welcome back to the Foul Balls podcast. First one of the new year, January 2nd, 2018. Just a short little five-game slate here. Uh, kind of the standard for Tuesdays, usually smaller slates. So we'll just get right in to it. The Portland Trailblazers at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Obviously, the important news for this game is Damian Lillard is currently questionable. He said that he's going to play, but I take that a little bit with a grain of salt because players always tend to underplay their injuries and they want to play. Lillard did say he, I think he said he guarantees he plays this game, but I think he said that the last couple games and hasn't ended up playing. So he's listed as questionable. If he plays, I think he's a really strong play at 8,500. That's cheaper than what he's been for most of the year. The Cavaliers are second to last in the league in defensive efficiency right now, or at least they were last time I looked. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head. I know that they're near the bottom of the league. And the other thing also is that they're getting Isaiah Thomas back for this game. And even though Isaiah Thomas is on a minutes restriction, that's still, he's a very bad defender. He's going to hurt their point guard. Actually, I, I take that back. They've been playing Jose Calder on a point guard. So Isaiah Thomas can't hurt them too much, but he's not going to help them. So I think this is a really good spot for Damian Lillard. And if Lillard can play, then uh, I think McCollum is a really good play at 7,300. Napier at 6,600 is a bit too expensive for me. And then I think that Nurkic is fine at 7,000 if Lillard's out. And then same with Alfaruk Aminu at 4,500. And then maybe even Evan Turner at 3,800, just because he played a bunch of minutes tonight. He ended up playing 38 minutes. So if he's going to play that kind of minutes without Lillard, I think he's worth rostering. From the Cavs side of the game, as mentioned, Isaiah Thomas is back, not in play. We don't know exactly what his minutes are going to look like. I would guess somewhere around 20 or so. Uh, so Portland is one of the best defensive teams in the league. So I think this is probably going to be a, a stay-away spot for me. Because even though LeBron's been really good recently and Isaiah Thomas is on that minutes restriction, I would expect that he's going to take some shots away from LeBron. Yeah, I think that's true. I think LeBron could still be usable. But yeah, that's that's not a great value there. Uh, the one spot where Isaiah Thomas does definitely help the Portland side is that he most likely leads to a faster-paced game than Calderon would lead to. So even yes, if the that de- is true. Yeah, so even if the defense is a wash, they're both just horrible defenders. At least the game will be a little bit faster while Thomas is on the court. And I would guess that he starts the game. So Lillard may no, not. He's coming. He's coming off the bench. Oh, is okay. So then. I don't know, maybe Lillard isn't matched up against Thomas directly for that much of the game, but at least some of it he will be, so that's that's a minor upgrade, I guess. Um, and then you mentioned Nurkic and Aminu. I guess Nurkic gets more usage with Lillard out, but I think Aminu is a really good play regardless. Uh, he's been playing a lot of minutes lately. 4,500 is probably just an underpriced number for him in general, and it's a plus matchup for everyone on the Blazers, so I think maybe just using Lillard if he's in with Aminu and then if Lillard's out, you can probably use the entire Portland starting lineup. All right. Next game is the Spurs at the Knicks. So from the Spurs side of the game, Kawhi Leonard is on the injury report but is listed as probable. That still gives me a little bit of hesitation. Uh, I mean, I, I know that probables so we expect them to play, except the, the Spurs have just been so cautious with Leonard. I do think at a certain point we're, we're going to get to a place where it's like, okay, you have to play Kawhi Leonard. So Leonard's minutes are trending upward recently. If you look at his last few games, 20 minutes, 26 minutes, 28 minutes. So they've been going up every game. So if he gets to 30 minutes, I think 6,700 is a pretty fair price for him, especially because, I mean, last year he played 33 minutes per game, was priced pretty regularly around 9,000. Just the question is, how many minutes are they going to let him play? And I always think there is some risk of him just not playing, especially because he's probable on the injury report. The other game, he was not on the injury report, then 
Pop said maybe we'll rest him. He popped up as questionable, and they ended up not playing. So even just seeing him as probable gives me a little bit of concern. And then from the Knicks side of the game, I, I don't really think that there's anybody I want to pay up for here. Um, the issue is just the Spurs are such a good defensive team, and there's other places I would just prefer to spend salary cap space. So this game's early enough on the slate. It starts at 7.30 and lock is at 7. It's probably early enough that we'll get confirmation on Kawhi Leonard before the game starts, but I guess that's not 100%. It's just, it, it's 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 still close enough to ideal that we'll probably know with only a 30-minute gap between when rosters lock and when this game actually happens compared to other nights with games in San Antonio where it's 8 o'clock or 8.30. It's a little bit more difficult. So I think Leonard, I agree with you, is a good play if we can get that confirmation. And I think we should be able to get it. Um, and I agree with you generally on the Knicks, but I think Courtney Lee and then also Frank Neal Aquino, who's been playing a lot of minutes late, lately, he's played 28, 32, and 29 minutes in his last three games. And he's produced really well. So, I I mean, that that price at 4,300, I think makes him a little bit matchup proof just because he, he does a lot of his damage on defense. And there's just, it, in that volume of minutes, there's not it doesn't really take a ton to pay off that salary. I think he can do it pretty easily. And Courtney Lee, we've talked about a lot lately, is just too underpriced in general. Uh, his price has gone up a little bit to 5,400 now. He was around 5,000 for a while, but I think both of those guys are at least in play. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to go there just because I think that there's cheaper guys that I'm going to like. Uh, but we'll see how it shapes up. Like I think that I would just rather use like Aminu or Evan Turner if Lillard's out than guys like Neil Aquina or Courtney Lee. But I guess it's kind of uh, let's wait and see type of situation. So next game, Atlanta at Phoenix. From the Atlanta side of the game, I really like John Collins in this spot. He's 4,900. The minutes haven't been huge from lately, but he does still have room to go up in minutes, but there's no real room for him to go down. So he needs 25 fantasy points to hit value. His last few games, 26, 28, 26, 21, 32, 29. And that's only playing around like 23 minutes per game. So if that's kind of what his minutes floor is in a plus matchup against Phoenix and he's putting up over a fantasy point per minute pretty much every game, like I like John Collins. Usually I'd look at Collins and say GPP only because the minutes aren't guaranteed. I'm fine with him in cash games also at that price. Dennis Schroeder at 7,300. I'm fine with him in this matchup. I think that that's a good spot for him. From the Phoenix side of the game, uh, whose turn is it at center? Is it – okay, so Tyson Chandler – at 4,400, how many minutes has he been playing recently? Chandler's minutes as of late. I think they've been playing Marquise Chris more center minutes. Um, well, maybe not actually, because the last two games that Chandler started, he played 30 minutes in both of them. So I'm fine with Tyson Chandler at 4,400. Devin Booker's gotten really expensive. Uh, Marquise Chris, I think he's been playing more minutes recently. Let's see, 20 minutes, 28, not really as much. So even though it's a plus matchup for the Suns, there's nobody I'm really confident in. I'll say maybe Tyson Chandler for a GPP play just because it's his turn to start and he's been playing a lot of minutes recently. Well, I do think Alex Len is kind of a boom-bust version of John Collins where he could have similar production. He is in a little bit less secure of a situation, but he should at least play, let's say, 15 to 18 minutes. But it could be a lot more if, for whatever reason, the Suns just don't give Tyson Chandler a lot of minutes. And I guess that does happen on occasion. It hasn't happened quite as often recently. Uh, but I think the more significant part of this game is what happens with Mike Muscala for the Hawks side, because it could lead to more minutes for Collins. Uh, Ersan Ilyasova and Torian Prince could play a little bit extra if 
if uh, Muscala is out again. So that's something to monitor because even though that's not a starting player injury, Muscala doesn't usually start. The Hawks don't have a lot of depth in the front court, and if he's out, they already don't have Dwayne Dedman. There's just more. There's a lot more minutes to go around for those guys. Yeah, I mean, for me, it just doesn't change anything because even though Muscala is expected to play, he's been active. I think the last couple games, but just hasn't played any minutes. So Muscala, the last time he played was November third. So I'll say that. It, it, to me, it's just like status quo if he's out. So are you expecting that if he's in, he won't play again either? Or could he cut into Collins' minutes if he's active again? I, I think if he plays, if he's active, he might not play. But I think he's more likely to take minutes from Miles Plumley than John Collins. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So would you... I guess Ursan Eliasov is probably just priced fairly then because... I don't know. His price has really just been around 5000 all year. And there's upside in him because he shoots a lot of threes. And that's generally true True for three-point shooters. They're streaky fantasy producers. But I think yeah, I'll, I think, uh, think Ilyasova, now that you bring him up, I think he's a good GPP play because he has had a number of 30-plus point fantasy games recently, but not somebody I'd use in a cash game. Yeah, I, I think he's similar value to Collins for the same price, basically. And there's probably some negative correlation there because I think they would sort of take from each other's minutes and probably from each other's touches a little bit too. So I would probably want to use one or the other in most lineups. Yeah, I think I think I would actually I'd be relatively surprised if neither of them have a big game tomorrow. And I'd also it's be just, pretty surprised if they both have big games unless it's overtime or something or the Hawks just do really well against Phoenix. But yeah, I think there is a lot of security in rostering uh, some lineups with one and some with the other. Yeah, I would just say it's relative to price, though. Like, they won't both have 40 fantasy point games, but I think it's possible, say, like, Collins is, like, 25 fantasy points in its value, and Urson has, like, a 40 fantasy point game. Yeah, it has happened this year, too. they're both so cheap, I think they can both have fine games relative to their price. Yeah, makes sense. I agree with that also. Uh, we're definitely on the same page here. All right, so Hornets at Kings. For the Hornets side of the game, I think... I think Dwight Howard's fine. I think Kemba Walker's fine play. Dwight Howard especially so. 7,400 just seems really cheap for me for Dwight because if you look at his minutes, really ever since Cody Zeller's gotten hurt, he's just had huge minutes unless like he gets in foul trouble or that one game where he like broke a finger or whatever and left early. But you look at the last few games, 34 minutes, 40, 36, 32. As long as this game stays close, which maybe it won't just because even though the spread is tight, the Kings do just not show up for a bunch of games and get destroyed. But I'm not too concerned about the blowout risk for this game. I think Dwight Howard's a really good play at 7,400. Kemba Walker fine at 7,500. From the Kings side of the game, uh, Frank Mason got hurt last game with a heel injury. He's probably going to miss some time. De'Aaron Fox is now questionable with the quad injury. So George Hill should play a ton of minutes in this game, especially if Fox is out. So Hill's been playing over 30 minutes pretty regularly recently. He had the one game... Uh, what was against the Cavs? He got in early foul trouble, still played 38 minutes. And then the last couple games, last game was a blowout, so he only played 24. Before that, uh, 30, the 38, 27, 34, 36, 33. So I think George Hill is a pretty decent value play at 4,600. And then beyond him, it's it's pretty hard to figure out what to make of like the King, the other Kings guards, because the minutes are just so sporadic, and it's just Buddy Heald is starting one day and playing 30 minutes. Then it's the next day, Buddy Heald plays like eight minutes, and Bogdanovich plays like 25 minutes or whatever. So I, I think George Hill is probably the only player I'm really comfortable targeting in this matchup. 
Well, I'm definitely with you on Dwight Howard to start because he is just too cheap in general, I think, since Zeller got hurt. But it also kind of seems like all of the Hornets are too cheap. And I think maybe, even though the spread in this game is only three and a half, I think the game has been priced for Charlotte like there's blowout potential. Maybe that's just built into the algorithm now to price guys down against the Kings because there's so much blowout, blowout risk in general. But I think the game in Sacramento, the Hornets aren't that good. And the loss of Zeller definitely hurts them in terms of their win probability in games. So this line is three and a half. I'm definitely not expecting a blowout here. Um, so I think there is value on other Hornets guys. I think you could use Kemba Walker. I think you could probably even use Frank Kaminsky or uh, MKG for kind of cheap. But Howard and Walker for sure are the stronger plays. Um, and then there is that sort of murkiness with the Kings and their playing time. But if Fox is out and then with Frank Mason out, I think you probably can count on Buddy Heald to play decent minutes. The one game recently where he played under 20 minutes against, I think it was against the Clippers on the road, was because he was in foul trouble. He had three fouls, I think, or he got two fouls in the first couple minutes of the game and then picked up his third in the second quarter. So he just, he was hurt by fouls there. I don't think he got benched for any particular reason besides that. Um, so I have no problem with Buddy Heald. I think he'd be a really strong play, actually. Now that we know Mason's out, um, Fox, if he's out, that would make Heald a really strong play. But uh, George Hill is safer. But I do think there's a lot of upside in Buddy Heald also. I mean, I just think, like, realistically, how many minutes is Buddy Heald actually going to play? Like, is he going to play 30-plus minutes? Because he's not even a really strong per-minute producer, and his price isn't that cheap. So, I mean, he's scoring under a fantasy point per minute. So at his current price, like, how confident would you be in him getting to, like, the 30 minutes or so that we would need him to hit value? I'd be semi-confident if Fox is out. I don't know, maybe I'm more confident in Bogdan Bogdanovich playing those 30 minutes. Uh, Skyla Bissier has some upside. Probably he could play that much. I don't know, which of well, which of those three guys do you think would be the would make the most sense to play alongside George Hill if you're trying to make maybe a game stack or just use a couple kings in the same lineup? I think none of them. Like I would prefer to just not use to just not use them. But for GPPs, that, like one one or more of them are probably going to play a lot of minutes, and it is a short slate, so we don't have a ton of options here. Like I would, I would think that someone from the Kings, maybe a few guys from the Kings, do have really good games. I just think that there's potential for every single person on that roster playing like 20 minutes outside of George Hill. Like I think that we could see Vince Carter get minutes. Malachi Richardson's been playing minutes. Obviously, Buddy Heald, Bogdanovich. Uh, Justin Jackson, maybe they used a first round pick on him. I just think there's so many guys they could potentially give minutes to. Uh, Garrett Temple's been playing uh, more minutes recently. I just think there's so many guys they're going to give minutes to, and it's so many people I consider to be not good basketball players. I like Bogdanovich a decent amount, but I just think that there's so many guys that are just not great that I I prefer to just look elsewhere. Yeah, I guess the one guy though, if if we do assume that everyone's playing about half the game, Labissier at three thousand, literally min price. 20 minutes would be plenty for him to hit value and probably do a lot more than that. Yeah, I think... Did he start last game or was it two games ago? No, I think he started last game. I think he came off the bench two games ago. I'm pulling that up. Uh, no, you're right. Two games ago, he started and played 16 minutes. And then last game, he came off the bench and played 20. So, I don't know. Even if he plays... I mean, I, as a deep GPP player, I think he can make sense because I like him as a player. But he has scored over 20 fantasy points... Uh, not, not since the beginning of November. <laughs> yeah, he was priced 
much higher than this when he was scoring 20 or so fantasy points a game. He actually reached 5,000 at one point. I think 5,500 was his peak, and now he's he's at 3,000. So there's just there's definitely value in the price if he returns to normal minutes. And I have no confidence in that happening. Yeah, that is fair. They just play everybody. So next game on the slate, the Memphis Grizzlies at the LA Clippers. For the Grizzlies... Yeah, this is probably a fade spot for me. Everybody's just really expensive now. Tyreek Evans and Marcus Gasol are basically their entire offense. Both of them are now Tyreek Evans 8,200, Marcus Gasol 8,000. So I just think that's a bit too pricey for me. Even I, I think there's a little bit more upside in Tyreek Evans, except still, like, what is the upside for him at that price? Like, he scores 45, 46 fantasy points, which is a nice result for the outcome, but there's not going to be a point where you fade Tyreek Evans and you're thinking like, oh no, he scored 45 fantasy points at 8,200. I didn't roster him. I'm, I'm fine with not using him at that price. From the Clippers side of the game, I think the best play here is Blake Griffin at 8,400. Even though it's a down pace game for them against the Grizzlies, I just think the price is a bit too cheap for him. Even coming back a little bit restricted, 32 minutes, 33 minutes. He was priced as high as 9,800 earlier in the year. He was a 9,000 player before he got hurt. So him at 8400 I think that the price discount is a little bit too much. So there's one significant injury on the Clippers' side. Is Austin Rivers officially a game-time decision, or do you know what's going on with him? Because he may not end up playing. He has that uh, Achilles injury that he got last game. I always assume that Austin Rivers is going to play. Yeah, and this is also the last game of the night, so we probably won't know for sure that he is playing. But yeah, it probably is. No, there's no point where it's going to be a safe assumption that he's out. Uh, I mean, maybe we get lucky and there's official word on it before lock because that would make guys like Lou Williams and Tia Dosic better plays. And it might even add usage to Blake Griffin because Austin Rivers always has the ball in his hands. So hopefully we get that news before lock. But uh, I guess with Rivers in there, the backcourt for the Clippers probably becomes too crowded. Tia Dosic has been a pretty good value for a few games. Lou Williams was for a while uh, since Gallinari got hurt, but he's been priced up a lot. So if, if Rivers is in, or if we don't know whether or not Rivers is in, I probably agree with you that Blake Griffin's really the only guy to use on the Clippers, and probably the only guy to use from this game in general. Yeah, and I, I don't have any information or anything on Austin Rivers. It's just that he ends up getting injured a lot over the course of the season. He had that really ridiculous-looking broken finger where it looked like he was going to be out for a long time, and he played the next day, even though he was listed as doubtful. He just always seems to play through a lot of injuries. And I can't remember him missing a ton of games, if any, when he's been questionable on the injury report. So that's that's just what I'm going off of. He seems pretty tough and plays through a lot of stuff. Yeah, I'll add so, one more thing on him. If he's out, if we know that he's out before lock, I think that would make me more likely to want to roster Gasol and Evans because the Clippers will have more value in their backcourt um, and then game stacks become, I think, more of a viable strategy. So if you're going to be using Griffin and Lou Williams and Teodosic in the same lineup, it probably just makes sense to throw Evans or Gasol in a lineup with them. But that really is only if we know for sure that Rivers won't be playing. Yeah, I still think Blake Griffin's probably the only guy I'll roster from this game. Because even with Rivers out, like Teodosic at 5,700, he's been good, but I, I just think that's kind of a fair price. And then I feel kind of the same way with Lou Williams at 7,500 with Blake Griffin back. Because let's see, what was Lou Williams priced earlier in the year? When Blake Griffin was there, he was in the he was in the five thousands. Yeah, but Gallinari was playing for some of that, and Austin Rivers was there for all of that. So it's definitely contingent on Rivers being out because I, I definitely wouldn't use Lou Williams if Rivers is there. 
All right, fair enough. That will finish today's podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at GAaronBergDFS. Matt's Twitter handle is at PreachingSense, and we'll be back tomorrow.